What is up, everybody? Nick Scripp here on the Fantrax Twitter and YouTube account. Had some time today, so best usage of the time as we get closer and closer to the NFL season is to hop on a live stream. And we're doing a bunch of great stuff here at Fantrax. Tons of content has been coming out in all different forms between articles, short videos, long videos. The team is collaborating. Great stuff uh, heading into this next season. And I hope you guys are following uh, the page on all socials as we produce tons of content to help you guys tie it to my brand, play to win. Stick with me here. All right, so hot topic of the day, 2023 sleepers. I have a, a long list, and they come at different depths because you know some leagues are deeper than others. Sometimes a, a sleeper may not really be much of a sleeper uh, when it comes to people in your league knowing about this guy and hyping him up. Uh, there's just tons of different leagues, so we'll go through a bunch of the guys that I like. But first, we have to define what I mean by sleeper. I mean that the draft cost in redraft, so for single-season leagues, is going to be less than what the production is. So the production is going to outweigh whatever the draft cost is. So let's talk sleepers with my first guy here, uh, one of my true my guys uh, heading into this year, Jahan Dotson, who was one of my favorite rookie targets last year in those drafts. I felt that he was being slept on. Uh, going after guys that I definitely wouldn't have taken above him. But Dotson, um, again, a guy I tried to get in every single rookie draft last year. In 2021, he ranked number 12 in receptions with 91, number 18 in receiving yards with 1,182, and he tied for number eight in receiving touchdowns with 12 in college football that final season at Penn State. This ended up drawing first-round draft capital in 2022 at pick 16 from the Commanders. Uh, rookie season, he averaged 10.9 fantasy points per game uh, against the or in those uh, 12 games played. But if you strictly, which I stated out, if you strictly look at the games that Dotson played, 70% plus of the snaps, he actually averaged 14.03 fantasy points per game. That was guided by 0.75 touchdowns per game, and that was in eight games. So it wasn't like it's a three- game sample size. That's a decent amount of games right there. That point per game uh, across a full season would nearly be a top 20 wide receiver in 2022. 523 receiving yards and seven touchdowns total in the 12 games that he played. This is a guy who has 4-4-3 speed, catch and run ability. Uh, he has a profile that shows he can handle volume, uh, zone beater, great hands. I, I really like the the talent. Um it wouldn't shock me if he eventually is the target leader in Washington. Maybe he doesn't score the most fantasy points. Maybe he doesn't have the most receiving yards. But it wouldn't surprise me if he commands that just because of the the talent that Jahan Dotson is and the volume that he had at Penn State. I know a lot of people are concerned about Sam Howell's play uh, first year, but I do believe that he's going to earn targets and be a huge piece of this offense. And it's going to be a different offense under Eric Bieniemy coming from the Chiefs. I think he could be a flex play, and that's going to pay off versus where he's going in drafts. And I can use ADP for a lot of these, but I feel like we're still a little bit too early for it to be solidified. Let's shift over to the tight end position, a sleeper that I like. 
Uh, Mike Gusecki, you know, I, I was out on him last year before the season started. I was right, which a lot of people were out, um, just because we knew that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle were going to be this dynamic duo that was going to command a ton of targets collectively. And he was the number three target, but it wasn't enough to make him fantasy relevant. I mean, he scored under six fantasy points per game, and he finished with over 400 less receiving yards than the year prior. You know, looking at Tyreek Hill and sophomore Jalen Waddle, they accounted for 51.06% of the team's total targets. So that doesn't leave a lot more for anybody else to be truly uh, fantasy relevant. And, and Gasecki was the, the odd man out. He's had two seasons of over 700 receiving yards. He's had three seasons of 85-plus targets. He had one season where he saw 111 targets. Uh, Gasecki lands on the Patriots now under head coach Bill Belichick, who has praised Gasecki's pass-catching qualities through time. And if we look at the, the team right now for the Patriots, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyquan Thornton, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. You have Hunter Henry on the team. It's clear that this is a pretty weak receiving room at the end of the day. I think Juju, if you look at the roster, is the only guy that you'd say, hey, probably going to get some good targets, right? Everybody else, it's up for grabs. And I think that's a good thing for Mike Isecki because when the wide receiver room and the receiving room in general back in Miami wasn't as strong as it was last season, he was a huge piece of that offense. And Bill Belichick has, has praised his, his qualities before. So we look at New England historically. It's been a team that has highly utilized the tight end position. You know, we can look at Rob Gronkowski in, in his time there. We're not going to say that these two guys are alike or anything crazy like that, but check the boxes. He has a solid pass-catching resume in the NFL, a landing spot with a coach that has, has, has liked him before. Um, he, uh, he has um, a weaker receiving room. We, these are boxes that we can actively check and, and say, hey, like this guy's been pretty relevant in the past. He wasn't last year, but now I think because of what happened last year, his ADP is going to not be super high. I think, you know, I'm doing these best ball drafts and he's a, he's a late round target for the tight end position that can truly pay off because if he ends up being the number two target, that is huge at the end of the day for any tight end. Next on the list, another like major my guy that I've always been very in on is, is Elijah Moore. He's a prospect at Ole Miss. He averaged uh, 10.75 receptions, 157.13 total yards, and a touchdown per game in his final season in college. Lance Sirloin compared him to Antonio Brown, which is a, a massive uh, comp. I mean, maybe it's overshooting, but still you have that sort of comp from guys that do this. Uh, Moore ended up being selected in the uh, round two, pick two. His rookie season, he, he balled out 20-plus fantasy points in three weeks with four different Jets quarterbacks. Week 7 through 13, he was the wide receiver three overall. He averaged 17.7 fantasy points per game. So he was excellent his rookie season and not the best conditions. Uh, during the span, he was number he was tied for number two in receiving touchdowns. He was number nine in receiving yards for wide receivers. And then in 2022, he broke up with the Jets. Just to put it simple, he was unhappy. I don't think they were happy about him being unhappy and not really wanting to be there. Whatever you want to chalk it up as Elijah Moore and the Jets had a breakup in 2022. And now he lands in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson at center, who has had two seasons of 4,100 passing yards under his belt. I think the opportunity for him to be Watson's wide receiver two, a 
across from Amari Cooper is is, is big time. Um, you see the camp clips already coming out of Elijah Moore making plays with Deshaun Watson, and sometimes it's just smoke, but I think it's going to be legit. I think it's going to be legit. Um, I have been a firm believer in his talents. I, I love the opportunity. I, I love the quarterback, Deshaun Watson has been solid throughout his career when he's played in full seasons. Uh, I think this could be a career turnaround in Cleveland for Elijah Moore. And that to me means that he could be a consistent flex play, which can make him a value in drafts. Going a little bit deeper now. So he's going to cost a lot less than, you know, Elijah Moore and Jahan Dotson, but DJ Chark. 2022 was a banged up season for Chark, but he still managed four weeks of 14 plus fantasy points in games of 98, 94, and 108 receiving yards. So that showed upside when he was in Detroit and healthy. The issue with Chark is what I just said has been healthy. He's played in 10, 15, 13, 4, and 11 games throughout his career. The closest to a full season he had was back in Jacksonville. 2019, he finished with 73 catches. 117 targets, 1,008 receiving yards, eight touchdowns, 14.9 fantasy points per game. So that was top 20 for the wide receiver position. So we've seen this guy already go over 1,000 receiving yards. As recent as last season, we've seen some bigger receiving yard days. And now he is in Carolina where Bryce Young, the number one overall pick in this year's draft, is going to lead the way. But we don't know who the number one target is. We don't know where those targets are going to end up going at the end of the day. You have... Adam Thielen, who has had a great career, um, but has seen a decline. I mean, he's, he's not the, the youngest guy at the end of the day, and we're starting to see him kind of fall off a bit. Then we have Terrace Marshall, who a lot of people liked before, but hasn't really proven much yet. Uh, rookie Jonathan Mingo, which I think a lot of people are hoping if they drafted him in rookie drafts, is the wide receiver one there. Uh, LaVishka Chenault, always hyped, but never really uh, produced to the to the extent of that height. Hayden Hurst. Uh, AKA when I'm just reading off these names, you don't know. I don't know the wide receiver room. The receiving room in general is wide open. Literally any one of those guys can be the number one target for Bryce young in this coming season. So Chark feels like a veteran at the end of the day, but he's, he's just 26, uh, to Thielen's almost 33. Mingo is a guy I was not super high on prior to the draft. He drew some good draft capital. We've seen the upside in Shark and, and what he brings. Uh, so I'm betting on a guy that I've seen have a top 20 season in fantasy points per game in the past. He's only 26 years old. He showed us flashes last season. This could be another flex play should his role be consistent and he stay healthy. Going with two commanders on this list. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a Bears fan, so I'm not like a commander's homer or anything like that. But I, I, I believe in the hype for Antonio Gibson. And I've never really been a huge Gibson guy, in all honesty. But um, it's his third season. And although, you know, Brian Robinson, his presence last season resulted in career lows and rushing attempts, he did uh, have a career highs in receptions and receiving yards back in 2022 last season. So he had 46 catches and 353 receiving yards. That's that's good. That's what we want in PPR points per receptions leagues is running backs that run the ball, but also have a good receiving profile. So we don't love that he only rushed the ball 149 times, but we do love 46 catches. That could be 50 plus in this coming season, which I think he will do. In 2021, Gibson rushed for over 1,000 yards, and he paired it with 42 receptions. So that was more of a dynamic look for Antonio Gibson, who people – have you know bought into the 
the new Christian McCaffrey for Ron Rivera, you know, hype talk through time. And we haven't really seen that sort of work, work uh, horse sort of volume, but um, he, he does have a nice opportunity to be a dual threat running back, even with Brian Robinson, who I do not think's super great on the roster. So, 2021 and 2020, Gibson has scored double-digit touchdowns, and he was a top 20 running back in fantasy points per game. So we've seen good productions with the touchdowns, receptions, fantasy points per game. Gibson was top 12 in yards created and evaded tackles in the 2021 season. So that's playmaking abilities, right? When it comes to Washington's backfield, I think it's clear that Gibson is the most dynamic and the biggest playmaker as a former college wide receiver on the roster. Eric Bieniemy is now the offensive coordinator for the commanders after his time in Kansas City, which draws the hope that Gibson can be utilized similar to Jarek McKinnon last season, who had 56 catches and 512 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. Like that's that's the hope that Eric Bieniemy is like, hey, I have a younger version of Jarek McKinnon that I can utilize in this sort of way in Washington. So I think having a resume that includes a pass catching profile and numbers, as well as double-digit touchdown scoring, gives me optimism that Gibson can pay off for fantasy in comparison to where he is likely going to go in drafts. Unless, you know, myself and a bunch of other people start overhyping him, and then it changes his uh, his capital. But I, I doubt that's going to be the case because it seems like you know doing these underdog drafts that it's it's not um, really moving the needle quite yet. Another one, so this might be deeper, uh, but Damian Harris, uh, Devin Singletary vacates 178 rushing attempts and 38 receptions in Buffalo. And here comes Damian Harris on one of the best offenses in the NFL. Harris played just 11 games in 2022. That's the year that Ramondre Stevenson truly took over as the Patriots' primary running back. Back in 2021, though, Harris rushed for 929 yards in 15 games. He also scored a heavy 15 total touchdowns that propelled him to 14 fantasy points per game for the year. Harris is now on a Bills offense that scored the second most points per game last season. In 2021, Harris had 46 red zone touches in 15 games, while Singletary this past season leaves behind 40 red zone touches. So doing the math here, red zone touches are vacated. We have a guy that scored 15 touchdowns back in 2021 and had a ton of red zone work for the Patriots. It's going to be a committee at the end of the day. I'm not saying that he's even going to touch the ball as much as James Cook will uh, because James Cook has the pass catching qualities. And, you know, at the end of the day, that sort of combination is going to weigh more in his favor. Uh, But I I love the red zone numbers that I uh, was just talking about before. I love the fact that we've seen him have a huge touchdown season because if we add this up, the Buffalo Bills are going to be in scoring positions pretty often. This could mean Damian Harris, and you know I've said this before, but he can have this like Jamal Williams sort of season where people don't really look at him as the guy. He's the running back too, but he's the guy that just punches it in, and I think he could do that for the Buffalo Bills this coming season. Should he really earn that role as you know the 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 committee back with James Cook and the guy in the the red zone that they're going to look to. Go with another uh, tight end here. Iowa. We had George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, and now Sam Laporta. You know, it's it's tight end you over at Iowa. Laporta was the second tight end taken in this year's draft. In the second round, I was surprised. I thought it would, would have been um Michael Mayer, who I thought was the best tight end all around. Uh across Laporta's final two seasons at Iowa, he caught 53 and 58 balls uh for 670 and 657 receiving yards. 
this is a tight end that is used to volume and who commits to blocking and has good footwork and could be used in both of those categories. He now lands with Jared Goff, who's coming off of a season. He threw the ball 587 times, which was the sixth most. He had 4,438 passing yards, number six, and 29 passing touchdowns, number five. So Goff is coming off of a big season. Good for Laporta. And, uh, you know, an excellent season from Goff is the first plus for the rookie tight end, but also we have to look at what else is around him. I'm on Ross St. Brown, obviously, is the alpha. He earned 146 targets from Goff last season and will be, you know, the wide receiver one, probably commanding even more targets this coming season. But the second option is wide open. We have Jamison Williams, who should have been that, but he's suspended for six games for gambling. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr., Historically, he's had decent seasons. He's a veteran, uh, a veteran presence coming back to Detroit where he was successful before, but he's, I think he's like 33. Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond. It's it's a pretty mediocre receiving uh, receiving room, which could mean Detroit using their second round rookie draft selection that has a high passing profile, pass catching profile out of college. It just kind of makes sense that way. So if it's six weeks of, of being potentially the number two target, that to me will be worth it in fantasy football because I know that he's not going to be drafted within the first, you know, 15, 18 tight ends. I, I see him, I think, being drafted somewhere between 18 and like 22 or something like that. Next on the list, let's talk Geno Smith. You know, I got the quote in front of me right here. They wrote me off, but I ain't right back, though. It's the coldest sports line I, I, I've probably ever seen live. I thought that was awesome. Uh, he turned his career around this past season. He was top 10 for quarterbacks in passing attempts, deep ball attempts, red zone attempts, passing yards, yards per attempt, passing touchdowns, QBR, and fantasy points per game. That's a lot of things to be top 10 in when you haven't really done much throughout your career. The connection was obvious between him, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. They both had over 1,000 receiving yards. That's, that's good for a pairing that a lot of people were writing off. Uh, if we flash forward to 2023, after Gino just got the bag, he gets even more weapons. You know, I'll talk about the main one, but Zach Charbonnet out of the backfield. Uh, he was picked 52, pass-catching running back, but the number one wide receiver in this year's draft class. One of the better prospects we've probably seen in the last few years. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He was at pick 20. JSN, I think, impacts the Seahawks day one from the slot. I think that he could easily be argued as the the team's most talented wide receiver at the end of the day, at the end of the day. I know a lot of people are concerned about, you know, DK and Tyler Lockett being there, but at you know, if we if we're really weighing out talent, I think JSN might be the best talent on the roster right now. So, having the clear-cut wide receiver one on top of DK and Lockett after Geno Smith just had a huge season, he probably shouldn't be falling in drafts. I don't know if he's going to necessarily like win you your weeks. You know, I don't think he has the same upside as like a Lamar Jackson, right? Or a Josh Allen that can, you know, go off and like Lamar last year had two games of 40 plus fantasy points. I don't think he's going to do all of that, but I think that he can be consistent enough. And he just balances everything else out. You know, you, you, you faded quarterback, you took Gino, he's consistent for the year, and, and everything else is just kind of built around that. So I, I do like him as somebody that will be consistent. Again, maybe not a, a league winner necessarily, but I do think that if he was great last season, now his weapons are better, two plus two is four. 
I've yet another tight end. I made a video about these tight ends, so maybe I shouldn't, you know, be spending too much time on them. But I, I really liked Trey McBride as a prospect with his high volume pass catching profile out of Colorado State. McBride in his final college season ranked 13th in receptions with 90 and 23rd in receiving yards with 1,121. And that is for all positions. He ranked that way. He, uh, you know, eventually was drafted in the second round, uh, first tight end taken in the 2022 NFL draft, second uh, via second round, like I just said. Uh, we only saw one big flash last season as a rookie, week 17. He caught seven of 10 targets for 78 yards and a touchdown. Rookie year was spent behind Zach Ertz, who was pretty good when he was healthy. Zach Ertz was recently rumored, though, to be a cut candidate for Arizona. And also, they are moving on from DeAndre Hopkins. So you have Marquise Brown, who should be the Cardinals' number one target. And then you got Rondale Moore, Greg Dorch, rookie Michael Wilson, also rostered. I think the number two target is wide open. You know, people will say, oh, I like this Michael Michael uh, Wilson guy. You know, he, he had decent draft capital, and uh, he, he could be a big body guy to, you know, play a good role in this team. Rondale Moore is going to finally, you know, get his chance here. But I think Trey McBride has an equal chance to being a huge piece of this offense, you know, compared to all of them. And, and you know, Kyler Murray – may be ready week one. He may not play, you know, at all next season. We, we don't know exactly what that timeline is, but at the end of the day, what do you want for the tight end position? You want consistency of target volume. And with McBride's pass catching profile, I feel he could be very fantasy relevant if he does solidify his role in this offense. Got two more guys, uh, Jordan Addison. And, you know, if you're coming out of a rookie draft and you see him go, you know, top, five, seven, you know, somewhere between that, you'll say he's not really a sleeper, but I think in redraft, these rookies can be slept on because they don't, you know, it's the unknown. Maybe they're behind somebody bigger, like, like Jordan Addison is, but I liked him a lot coming out of uh, USC. He was USC this past season, but he had his big season at Pittsburgh, but um, selected at pick 23 in this year's draft before USC, Addison spent two seasons at Pitt. When he had the big season, it was at Pitt 2021. Uh, it was a huge explosion of numbers. He caught 100 passes for 1,593 receiving yards and 17 receiving touchdowns. That He, he won the Bolitnikoff, I am sure I'm saying it wrong, uh, award, which is like the nation's best receiver award that season. In 2022, after he transferred to USC, he did regress a bit, but he still finished with 875 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. So this is an effective receiver at all three levels. He has plus route running, run after the catch upside, and a major, major season under his belt. Lance Zerloin, NFL analyst, comps Addison to Tyler Lockett. Playerprofiler.com comped him to Deontay Johnson. These are pretty good comps at the end of the day. Uh, Adam Thielen's out of Minnesota, leaving behind the wide receiver role, uh, wide receiver two role behind Justin Jefferson. Thielen was targeted 6.3 times per game in 2022. We know that Justin Jefferson will be one of, if not the most targeted wide receivers in the NFL yearly. And TJ Hawkinson came in commanding very consistent targets. But seeing that Kirk Cousins just had a career season in passing attempts with 643, I think that's pretty encouraging at the end of the day. Uh, with the amount of attention and focus Justin Jefferson is going to demand from defenses, this can open up plenty of space for Addison to operate in. Uh, first round capital, immediate wide receiver two role that had uh, an that was in an offense that had good passing volume the year prior. 
I think it's appealing not just in Dynasty, but I think it is appealing in redraft. So I think he could become a value because I don't think people are going to draft him uh, you know, ahead of some other guys that maybe have more of a solidified role at the end of the day or you know, don't have a Justin Jefferson in front of him. Last one, you know, I'm I'm not you know, super strong in this one, but I, I see the opportunity for Kadarius Toney, former first-round pick for the New York Giants. It didn't work out there. He got traded to the Chiefs. It's been a roller coaster of a start to his career. The issue has not necessarily been the talent or the ability, but health. As Tony, he's only played in just 19 games across the last two seasons. His best week, you know, everybody talks about uh, his best week, um, weeks include week four is rookie season, six catches on nine targets for 78 yards. The very next week, everybody talks about it, but I'm going to mention it because not everybody hears everything in the world all the time. But uh, week 10, um, I'm sorry, that the, the week after that was week, uh, I think, five, uh, 10 catches on 13 targets for 189 yards. He had a, you know, a career day that day back with the Giants. Week 10 in 2022 for Kansas City. He caught four passes, 57 yards, and a touchdown. He also added 33 yards on the ground. He has that gadget ability in the bag. You know, will Andy Reid use that a lot this year? He could. I mean, they get creative in in Kansas City. Uh, He also was involved in the divisional game this year in the playoffs. So just seeing, you know, Andy Reid being historically creative with the playbook. Uh, The Chiefs offense is great. You know, this is a guy that can be used in a gadget role. Uh, the, the ability with the ball in his hands at the end of the day and, and making defenders miss is very distinct of Kadarius Tony and a, a good attribute of his. Uh, the wide receiver one role in Kansas City is completely up for grabs. Raji Rice, Sky Moore, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Richie James, and Tony are all competing for that role. We know that Travis Kelsey will be the number one target, but when it comes to who actually is going to uh, be the next guy up, I think it could be Kadarius Tony, and I would I would much rather bet on him than Sky Moore, who I've talked about before, or any one of these other guys who have, have not really proven much uh, and not proven at the NFL level to be you know somebody that uh, should command that sort of role. Last guy I'm going to mention just very briefly, and I didn't even add him to the sheet, but we're doing it now. Uh, Rashad White, Rashad White. I think there's a chance that the Buccaneers do add a veteran, you know, in Zeke or. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if they've been talking to Dalvin or maybe Kareem Hunt. I'm not sure, but at you know, at at at, at this point in time, Rashad White is the running back one on the roster. They're going to not be good. I I, I just I don't think they're going to be great. Maybe they're you know in the middle somewhere under Baker Mayfield. It's it, it's tough to tell, but you know, seeing last season Rashad White catch 50 passes when Fournette caught 73, the fact that he was still you know catching balls and earning a role was impressive. Uh, White finished top 15 for the position weeks 12, 13, and 16. He had weeks of 19.9, 16.9, and 15.3 fantasy points. Uh, that's what happens when you catch passes, you know, in, in PPR leagues. So Leonard Fournette should not be back. I, I think there's a chance he could be, but should not be back. But it's Keyshawn Vaughn, Chase Edmonds, and rookie Sean Tucker. They might factor in, but today it's Rashad White. So even if Tampa Bay's offense looks different, you know, comparing Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, if he can touch the ball a lot and have volume, then I do like his chances to be useful for fantasy football in this coming season. That'll do it, though, for this uh, this stream today. 
I have other sleepers in different categories. Uh, it could be positionally, it could be deep league sleepers, it could be you know breakout sleepers, things like that. But I thought that these were good players to talk about today. Uh, we have to pay attention to news as it comes in. These sort of takes are going to change and change often as we learn more information. You know, whether it's me doing research, whether it's camp news, injuries, whatever it takes. Uh, it's going to shift and it, and it should be that way because we should be adjusting and pivoting throughout this off season to get ready for the coming season. And that's when things actually kick off in our reel. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in again, wherever you've seen this, make sure you are following and subscribed or whatever to fan tracks. We are doing a ton of content at a consistent level in various forms. And I think we are going to do uh, a great job at helping people win championships this year in 2023.